We are still discussing faith and discipline. We spent the first um, three months talking about the disciplines of our faith and, and what it meant to do things that we ought to do, things that we should do, whether you feel like it or not. There's cer- certain things. Hey, Lee. No, don't hurry, Lee, because you hurry, you might fall and get hurt. I'm just loving it that Lee's... We got a string section this morning. Did y'all notice that? <laughs> and playing on the other violins, a friend of Marie's, I guess. And it's Oh, there they are. Y'all, man, y'all jump from like over there to over there, so don't mess me up. All right. Sorry. We've been talking about faith and discipline and, and the fact that, that the disciplines of our faith are those things that we do out of our faith. See, I don't want to get these things backwards because today uh, is, is kind of one commentator actually said this is the linchpin of all biblical history. And I was like, wow, this is an important passage of Scripture and, and we better get it right. You see, the disciplines, you, you don't achieve faith by doing the disciplines. The disciplines come about as a result of our faith. The trust that we place in the shed blood of Jesus Christ, in the salvation, redemption, regeneration that God's given us. All right, who has the answer already? Got it? That answer. God's got it. Okay. I am told, and and obviously the authority Google told me, that that is a math problem that cannot be solved. Anybody got it figured out? Can't even read it. Yeah. That, that supposedly is a math problem that is impossible. Looks like a, what, a, a lot of sin in there. You're right. Because <laughs> I think in math we pronounce that sign. But anyway, I don't like math. I didn't realize I didn't like math until I went to uh, University of South Carolina early in the 80s and, and wanted to be a doctor. And they said, well, you need to take uh, this science class. And so, so I took that science class. I did pretty well in it. Then they said, now you need to take this science class. And you know what I realized after two years in the program? Science is math. <laughs> Chemistry is math. Physics is math. Organic chemistry is definitely math. And I was like, I quit. You give me a question, I'll write you a paper, and you cannot prove me wrong. Okay? But when it comes to math, it's right and wrong. Okay? Now, that leads me into this statement years ago. About 20 years ago, I was listening to a a commentator, a, a preacher of sorts, who said, in our culture and society, folks, we're getting to the place where it's not about right and left. It's about right and wrong. So today we're going to talk about Romans 3, 21 to 26. Are y'all ready? But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been revealed, attested by the law and the prophets. The righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ. To all who believe, 
since there is no distinction for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. God presented him as the mercy seat by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his restraint God passed over the sins previously committed. God presented him to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that he would be just and justify the one who has faith in Jesus. Pray with me. Father, I thank you for today. God, I just praise you in this moment because, God, I just am so grateful for what your word teaches us. God, it's 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 not changing. We, we, we don't reinterpret based on who we are or, or the cultural setting. God, your word is true. Your word is faithful. And your word is eternal. And so, God, as we address these few verses, very few, only five, God, thank you that you have spoken in such a way, God, to give us an assurance, God, that transcends my feelings, my emotions, the current situation or what's in the headlines. God, your word stands. God, help us to understand. Well, first help us to hear it, to listen to it, to pay attention, to understand and to surrender. To you, God. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So math. You can't work out that problem. Mathematician. Now, I'm going to go ahead and confess to you. I was only able to copy so much of the problem onto a slide. It's not a complete problem. So yes, it's not workable. But it, it comes up when you Google impossible math problems. Now, they're much simpler ones, like there's one, eight divided by two times two plus two, and that's one of those things they throw out there on Facebook to make everybody run around like they got their heads cut off. And I just don't take the bait because I sit back and go, guess what? I don't like math, so I'm not playing, okay? Right? So it's an impossible equation to figure out. So... Uh, in this room, all right, you ready? And you know when I ask these questions, I'm setting you up. All right, everybody in the room, if you're right, raise your hand. So you know I'm setting you up. Thank you. All right, <laughs> see? Just gotcha. All right. You see, uh, right, righteousness. We are talking about righteousness by justification. All right, so where are we in Romans? Remember, we started about three weeks ago in the book of Romans, and Romans starts with the good news. The good news is the gospel, the, the Jesus Christ who died on the cross uh, for forgiveness to wash away our sins, rose from the dead that we might have life and not death. He took the death that is ours, and he took it in our place. That's the substitutionary, uh, the atonement where, where God provides for the price to be paid okay so so there you go the, the 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 right part of it is is that in Romans we see the gospel last week we talked about sin and then Nick he, he was in here earlier I don't know where he went anyway but Nick said yeah they got beat up last Sunday then they got beat up Wednesday night too 
Okay? Well, here's the point. And this, this passage holds the text that, that we all know to be a truth of God. So here you go. God made two ways to righteousness. Did y'all know that? Did y'all know God made two ways? Anybody know the two ways? Tim? Exactly. God gave the law to define perfection. Gave us ten. Ten things, right? And said, keep them all. All of them. Of course, then his people and and through inspiration and Moses and all that, they came up with another 600 to help protect the 10. Okay. So the law defines righteousness. Now, the word sin, I've been telling you all along, means to miss the mark. It actually, the amartano is the Greek word. Now, does that impress you? I heard one preacher say this week, say, don't ever say that. I'm not that smart. Guess what? I looked it up too. But I didn't look it up on Google. But the idea comes with a, a, a um, archery theme. That in archery, uh, there's a target. But on the target, there's one bullseye. So to miss the mark is to miss the bullseye. And it was interesting that, that this, this guy I was reading about, he said, uh, he said I, I, I was a competitive archer. He said, and as a Christian, I enjoyed asking archers, how many arrows does it take to miss the bullseye? Just one. Just one. You see? And, and that's the way righteousness is. That's why when we read into this passage, but now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been revealed, attested by the law and the prophets. So so God in his righteousness has already been revealed to us, but the law and the prophets are what give us definition to God's perfection, God's holiness, God's righteousness. And then the righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe since there's no distinction. So see, before he tells you this, this gut-wrenching truth, he tells you how you and I can have righteousness. But then he says this, for all have missed the mark. For all have sinned. We're, we're all corrupt. We're all fallen. We're all broken, you see? Remember last week when I was talking about sin and it being the big problem? And I used two words that are just these heavy, heavy words. Folks, sin is evil. Sin is wickedness. And, and, and one of the problems in our faith, or some would say in our, quote, Christianity is that we take sin too lightly. We use a word like sin because guess what? We can, we can gloss over that. Oh, sin. Well, there's good sin and bad sin. All right, let's ask this question. Are there good sinners and bad sinners? We seemingly think so in the body of Christ. 
Well, I'm not as bad as, right? So that makes me a good sinner versus the, y'all notice I'm pointing at a tree, not anybody, okay? So when we look at this particular passage, we recognize that the way to righteousness is perfection, and we've already failed. So, the good news from week one is the gospel. The the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. The the fact that Jesus died uh, a substitutionary atonement to be the... Here you go. I'm throwing a lot of good big... My education from 40 years ago. You ready? Propitiation, the satisfaction of God's wrath against wickedness. I said it last week, y'all. God hates sin. So we're not allowed to soft pedal sin. We're not allowed to make excuses for sin. It's not something that we can go, well, here you go, you ready? I'm a good sinner. Not like those who don't at least sit in church for an hour on Sundays. Oops, did I go too far there? Just wondering. See, we either have perfection as defined by the law and and, and attested to by the law and the prophets as, as given by example of God himself, or we have the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Now, here's the question with that, all right? Because the the, the question I have in my own life is, is my belief strong enough? Okay? I'm just telling you, I'm, this is confession. I'm just confessing to you. I, I examine my heart and my mind every day. When I get up in the morning, God, I want to meet with you. God, I want to be near you. God, I want my faith to be completely, wholly trusting in you. God, I have no other means of salvation. I have no other means of righteousness except through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. I can't work it out. I can't earn it out. I can't do enough to be righteous. You see? So I'm looking at this and I'm going, okay, for all of sin falls short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by His grace through redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Now, here's what's fun is, is that verse 24 is tied to verse 23. Okay? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Yes, we use that one in the Romans road, right? We, uh, uh, I, I shared with you a couple of weeks ago, the problem with sharing salvation with people is some people got, you got to get them lost before you can get them saved. Right? Because we think pretty highly of ourselves, right? Right? We, we think God did a good job getting us on his team. Kind of like the playground, right? And I'm standing over here against the fence and God goes, yes, I want you on my team. I said, good choice, God. <laughs> right? Good thing you left him out. That's the way some theologies work. But anyway, my point is, is that God tells us our broken, fallen, and sinful condition in the same breath that he says, they are just, they who? The all who have sinned. 
They are justified freely by his grace. Now, justification. That was my senior year Greek word study at Columbia Bible College. I had to write a paper on the word justification. And and, and most definitions of the word coming out of the Greek language are simply this, this sort of three-letter thing, declared righteous, or two words, declared righteous, declared not guilty, right? That, that, that's what a lot of commentators and, and Bible scholars and people that are, are looking at the linguistics of the word for justification, they say it's a declaration of, of righteousness, right? And then when you take the whole of Scripture uh, in, in counsel, you start to understand that it, it, it's more than just the declaration of righteousness. It is that God, by His grace, makes us righteous. It's not just that we're standing in a courtroom and the judge goes, innocence. Not guilty is the what we hear in the TV shows, right? Not guilty. But God, by his own grace, by his own love for us, by his own, his own righteousness and justice says, innocent, as if it never happened. Okay? So, so when I read this, I'm going, all right, they are justified freely by his grace through the redemption. God paid for us. All right, so, so I did a, uh, it's really funny. I didn't plan this, and I want you all to know God planned it, but the devotions coming up this week in gathering in the Word, if you receive them, great. If you want to receive them, just fill out one of these cards, give your email address, and, and, and check the box. You'll get the devotions Monday through Friday every day. There's a little video that goes along with it. You might not want to see me every morning, and that's okay. Just read what's there. But it's funny. While I was writing Friday's devotion, I was eating milk duds. How many of y'all like milk duds? See? Now, how many of you are as guilty as I am about eating milk duds only at the theater? Right? I mean, that was the only place you could. You go in, you're like, give me the box of milk duds. Guess what? Dollar Tree has them now. <laughs> so, you know. You can buy as many boxes as you want because they're a buck and a quarter, not $15 like at the theater. <laughs> so I'm sitting there writing, you know, writing the, the devotional for Friday, and I'm eating milk duds. And I was like, I really like milk duds. They're chewy and they're chocolatey. That's two of my necessary things, right? I'm chewing on these milk duds and drinking water because water is healthy. <sighs> And it dawned on me, these are my milk duds. I'm going to hide them because <laughs> I don't want anybody eating my milk duds. I bought them. I paid for them. And therefore, I have the right to do with them anything I want to do. They're mine. And I'll be honest, here's another confession point. I'm selfish. I didn't share them. I ate the whole stinking box. Right? Why? They're mine. My money. I went to the store and purchased them. They're mine. That is called... Those milk duds were held captive by the Dollar Tree. 
and I freed them. I redeemed them from the Dollar Tree. Get my point? If you've trusted Jesus for salvation, God paid your price to redeem you from the sin that he describes in verse 23. God presented him as the mercy seat. Not that, not that he put Jesus on the mercy seat. Jesus is the mercy seat. By his blood, Jesus died in our place. See, we have this redemption through faith. There's not a legal obedience. Well, there is a legal obedience, but we've already failed in that. So, so what do we have? We have a righteousness that we, we see exemplified in Christ. We see Christ as righteous. Christ, the, the only begotten Son of God, Jesus himself. God came to earth. Live perfectly. Man, I have people argue with me about that sometimes. I go, all right, show me where he didn't. All right? He was the righteousness of God on display. You want to know how to be more righteous? Study more Jesus. You want to know, know about living out your faith, uh, living in the direction of righteousness? Spend more time in, in, in the presence of Jesus. You see, man, I share frequently. My, my prayer almost every day is, God, help me stay so close I don't miss what you're doing. I don't want to miss what God's doing. In, in the gathering, yeah, okay, great. Pastors are supposed to pray that, right? Okay, God, good. No, 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 in my life, God, I want to be so close to you that I don't miss where you're, where you're adjusting me, where you're changing me where you're drawing me into faithfulness to you. God's already said in Corinthians that, that, that I am being transformed into the image of Jesus. Guess what? I've got a long way to go. But the comfort I take in that is so do you. Okay, we all do. Who's the better sinner? Good sinners, bad sinners, right? No. We've all missed the mark. So what is God trying to do with us? God has gifted us salvation, redemption. God has presented to us a righteousness that we can't earn. We didn't earn. We don't deserve it. Okay? And what's really interesting about it is, is right here where it says, uh, because in his restraint, God passed over the sins previously committed. Do you know at the point of sin, we deserve death? Right there. We deserve conviction. Well, no, that's not how it goes first. We, we, we deserve indictment first. No, sin deserves death. So God himself paid the price. And then he gifted to us righteousness. 
God presented him to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that he would be just and justify the one who has faith in Jesus. One of the commentators I read leading up to the morning said, not only are we on trial, but God's justice is also on trial. God had to work in such a way that there could be no question of his justice and righteousness. There could be no question. So so he paid a price in the person of himself, his only begotten son, the cruel and, and, and torturous death of Jesus on the cross that far outpaid all of our debt. See? He paid for our death, our debt over and over. See, God's own righteousness gets called into question. And so we who believe, we who trust, we who surrender, Everything that we are, right? God says, yes, here is my righteousness. I preached a funeral years and years ago, a sweet little lady that, um, you know, you could have probably followed her around the 80 years of her life and and yeah, you might have found one arrow that missed the target. But this lady was one of the godliest women that I have ever met in my life. And I remember standing before her son, who was precious to me. Uh, I remember standing before that congregation and going, you know, I think everybody in the room knows just what a godly and righteous woman she was. But when she closed her eyes the other day and stood before God, she didn't stand there based on her holiness and her righteousness. She stood there with a garment of God's righteousness wrapped around her shoulders. That same commentator I read this week said, these five verses hold the linchpin of biblical history because you got everything of the law leading up to. And then you got everything of the justification through belief and faith in Jesus the rest of the way through. See? So, I'm not scared to examine my own life, to examine my belief, to examine my trust, to examine my faith. As a matter of fact, God shines a light into that, at which point I become like the father whose son got cast into the fire and into the water. And I say to God, God, help my unbelief. Help my lack of faith. Help me where I fall short. See? Wow. 
next year, remember, we're going to walk piece by piece through Romans. This one just accomplishes. We're moving into the next chapter 3 through chapter 8. We talk about justification for the next few weeks. Okay? This morning, do you know Jesus? Have you put, put that complete trust, belief, faith in what God accomplished on the cross? See, if you don't know Jesus, you need to know Jesus. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you because you can't do it on your own. You don't deserve it and you can't earn it. You have to admit that you can't and trust that He has accomplished it. No such thing as good sinners and bad sinners. Okay? If you know Jesus, great. If you don't, we want to introduce you. We're going to sing one more song. You get the opportunity to respond. So I'm going to invite you to pray with me, all righty? Father, thank you for today, and thank you for your word, and thank you that you're doing a cool thing in our midst. And God, we just get to be a part of it. God, we, we get to get involved in what you're doing. And, and God, that is an incredible gift to us that, that you're working on eternal things. You're working on, on things that, that change, not just the world, but they change us. They change us fundamentally in who we are when we surrender and trust and believe in you. So God, for every person in this room, God, I pray that right now we would just check ourselves in our faith. God, not that we're trying to be good, not that we're trying to earn righteousness, but that, God, we will just bow and surrender to you. So, God, I praise you today. I thank you that you have made a way, and Jesus is that way. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.